Hello everyone, I'm Frank Garz with Lean Startup Company, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show. Today's topic is using Lean Startup to launch and scale political campaigns. And moderating the discussion is our own Lean Startup Company faculty lead, Marilyn Gorman. Our guest is political consultant at Pinnacle Campaign Strategies, Dante Vitaliano. And with that, I'll hand things off to Marilyn. Dante Vitaliano, thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. Uh, I'm, uh, well, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think we've had somebody before on one of our webcasts who works in the political arena that you do. And I find the work that you've done and how you've applied Lean Startup to it to be unique, but also to make perfect sense. So why don't we start off by just letting me ask you about how your interest in applying a startup mindset, a startup approach actually began. Did you read about it? Did you see something? How, or was it something you came to just naturally? Well, the lean startup mindset and approach is something that I had, I sought out when uh, venturing out on my own to do my own consulting. I agree that uh, it makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. There's so many corollaries, so many uh, similarities between the startup landscape and what we as political campaigners and campaign professionals face on the day to day, Mm -hmm. which is taking something from nothing and scaling fast. As as uh, as quickly as possible, and uh, we we have a one day sale, which is election day, and that's that's <laughs> our our product launch. Yeah, that's our hard deadline for our our product launch, and uh, I found so many. I, I guess I found comfort in the fact that there were others that were approaching the same sort of difficulties in launching, building, scaling small organizations Mm -hmm. in the startup community that I thought this type of mindset needed, it had a home here Mm -hmm. in, in, in the political world. Can you talk for a moment too about your specific, your own area of expertise? Uh, I I think of myself more of as, as an operations guy. I, uh, I get a particular, um, well, I think that the early stages of building out your infrastructure and your organization are critical. And that, that would be my focus, okay. I would say. Fair enough. Well, then, as, as an operations guy, as you've just described yourself, uh, when we think about leading a process, you know, whether we're talking about engineers or whether we're talking about marketers, often this means taking out tasks, taking out work that doesn't add value. So have you been able to apply that to a political campaign? Absolutely. And I, I've identified, and I think it's fairly um, intuitive, three major applications for the Lean Startup approach mm-hmm. to help us do a better job in these three particular phases. So in the pre-launch phase, 
a candidate will typically talk to party insiders, they'll talk to their friends and neighbors, and of course their you know, family, friends, and, and, and their spouses to get support. Mm -hmm. And if everyone's on board, then that's usually a green light. Well, that's, those are important steps, but they're not gonna get you from nothing to fully funded, fully operational, mm -hmm. effective campaign. There should be another step, in my opinion, in our opinion, to better evaluate your strength as a, as, as a candidate and whether or not there is a pathway. And there's a better way to systemize your evaluation of your own viability. Mm -hmm. And a pre-launch checklist is a nice tool to help you make sure that you're hitting your benchmarks, mm -hmm. but you could be more systematic, in my opinion, in the way you go about these, these activities. Yeah. So are we keeping track of, of these conversations or is it really just a battery of meetings where if you get good feelings, then that's, that's your impetus for running or are you measuring in a way that can be analyzed? Mm -hmm. And for example, some questions I'll ask of a, a potential candidate. So how, how are, how's it going? Right, early mm -hmm. pre-launch stages. Mm -hmm. How's it going? How, how's the feedback that you're getting? Oh, generally good. That's almost always what you hear because <laughs> that's what they want to hear. <laughs> so how many, how many people do you have uh, lined up to, uh, to donate on day one? Mm -hmm. uh, well, you know, we have some, some folks, okay. And what percentage of the people that you're reading out, reaching out to are going to physically put pen to paper and write you a check? Yeah. Uh, I'd say about, okay, well, now we're starting <laughs> to You should have concrete answers with, with real metrics that yeah. you've decided will give you the green light. Yeah. That this is a good idea, that this mm -hmm. is something that is a, a good use of your time mm -hmm. and that you can be a viable candidate and there's some evidence to back it up. So there's the pre-launch, then there's your launch stage. That, this is when the candidates are identifying their minimum viable product. What do you really need to, to be a candidate? Well, not much. It turns out, I mean, you can file some paperwork and create a committee. And we see this uh, cycle after cycle, especially in presidentials, there's many candidates who have nothing more than you know, an official place on the ballot, mm -hmm. uh, which is not nothing, by the way. That's very important. You have to be on the ballot to win. But what does it really take? Well, you need to have a message. You need to have a place for people to see that message. You need to have a way to collect donations. And you have to decide what is truly necessary to be a real candidate mm -hmm. very early on. And then scale from there. There's all sorts of different roles that uh, 
need to be filled before election day. So you need to prioritize based on your individual strategy, what's necessary today and what can wait because there's finite resources. Mm-hmm. You can't add everything on day one. Even the best funded candidates shouldn't do that, even if they can't. So I think Lean Startup has a role to play in the launch phase. Mm-hmm. And then as you scale, this, the scaling process, in my opinion, again, should be entirely informed by the feedback Mm-hmm. that you're getting throughout the course of yeah. your launch and the early days of the campaign. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're really learning from your customers. Those are the potential voters. And Absolutely. when you started that conversation or this conversation, Dante, you know, you said it's not enough just to talk to family and friends. And we constantly tell people- I'd like to think that they would say, go for it. <laughs> That would be good, but that's still a finite number. And, and regardless of whom we work with, we tell our, our practitioners, you can't just look in the mirror. You can't, you're not necessarily the customer. And so I think you've done a great job of explaining how you need to move past that. So as, as you know then, you know, experimentation and learning and, and then iteration, adapting are, are really, again, hallmarks of the, this, this startup way of looking at things. How, what is, again, this look like for a political campaign? How can a candidate, in fact, experiment in ways of reaching perhaps different voter segments that they may not have considered before? Well, early on in the campaign, it, it can seem quite uh, sort of self-evident what the what the issues are, what, what your, your strengths are as a candidate or as a, uh, on the campaign, what should be highlighted. And you might find very quickly that uh, for whatever reason, no one cares about one of your big three, so to say, right? You might have three big issues that are the, the foundation of your core message. And if no one cares about one, two, or three, and hopefully they care about at least one or two, but <laughs> no one cares about the, 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 the third, mm-hmm. you need to know when to pivot. Yeah. Or if it's, if it's really central to you and who you are, then I guess you have to persevere. But ideally, you want to be able to, to pivot away and, and learn from the voters and from your audience what is actually resonating. And there's a lot of ways you can do this. Um, we've tended to prioritize the, what I call the snapshot type of research, mm-hmm. where you will deploy a large scale uh, field poll, and you will collect intelligence from that survey. Uh, this gives you a, a pretty nice idea of what's resonating, but it doesn't take into account biases that are inherent in in the uh, in the survey itself there's deficiencies mm-hmm. and by the way this is a standard operating procedure i i wouldn't encourage any candidate to deploy large scale field surveys in the form of internal polling i think it's a, a great tool but they're cost prohibitive and you have 
maybe one or two shots, mm -hmm. two bites of the apple. And over the course of a 13 month campaign, you'd like to think that you could collect intelligence on a more frequent basis. And I believe that you can, if you structure your campaign to, op to be optimized for that collection of data and insights. So, but Dante, I'm curious, how do you validate what you're, what you're learning, if you like, or what you're uh, getting from, say, a survey? I mean, we know in the past, and you know, this is not a, a, a political discourse as such, but polls can be so unreliable. And we you know, talk to people in enterprise and are kind of helping them remember that focus groups, for example, again, notoriously unreliable because right. people have no skin in the game. They can say anything. They want anything. But that will not necessarily guarantee what's going to happen when they get into the voting booth, I imagine. So how do you, how do you validate in a way that your data becomes more reliable, if that, if that makes sense? No, I think social listening is becoming one of the, the sort of trendier um, tools in the toolbox for this particular uh, effort. I, I tend to uh, agree that social listening can provide you with a different type of insight. It's not the same, you know, you're not comparing apples and apples, but, uh, but social listening and, and structuring your social media content calendar uh, I, I think is another way that you can create a, a sort of a, a feedback flow. Mm -hmm. It's not, not just, it, it's a continual feedback loop with the same types of content over time. Mm -hmm. If you are conscientious about the way that you build your content calendar on social media, mm -hmm. then you can collect back the insights to see what's resonating and mm -hmm. often we'll find that, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, perhaps those issues that you truly believe are those hot button issues really aren't resonating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your audience would much rather see videos of and pictures of you with puppies and, and, <laughs> and babies and things like that. And that's what we learn oftentimes is that, yeah. uh, you know, our, the issues aren't, so important as you know other intangibles mm -hmm. that we can but we can learn those things yeah. if we are conscientious about mm -hmm. the way we publish mm -hmm. content and, and then collect back those insights and if we're uh, structured in the way that we collect and analyze those insights then we can make uh, better decisions about how to communicate mm -hmm. uh, with our audience and, and build our audience uh, from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it makes sense. And, and so you're talking about making decisions and decisions are usually made based on data, based on evidence. Can you talk to me a little bit then about what some of the experiments actually look like? I mean, how do you typically experiment and learn? Well, uh, one particular application that we were talking about earlier was content calendaring and how you use um, your social media platforms to message test. Message testing is typically, typically done um, in the large scale field survey, uh, which is a snapshot. And 
you try to get a representative sample and from there you can say well you know voters in your district voters in your state uh, care about these issues and they like these particular messages at a certain uh, percentage and that's nice and I encourage it and I suggest that anyone who has the resources employ this strategy uh, but we can start doing that from day one mm -hmm. without all the resources to run that several tens of thousands of dollars field survey mm -hmm. uh, with our content calendars mm -hmm. and if we're if we take a uh, a long view and, and categorize each particular type of post a certain way and conscientiously block these out to, to different audiences, you might be able to find that a particular type of post resonates with a particular type of audience. Mm -hmm. And the uh, features mm -hmm. in, that are built into Facebook, Twitter, and, and all other platforms uh, for uploading and, and segmenting custom audiences allow you to do this in a way that you can test a message over time mm -hmm. and you can validate the efficacy of a particular type of communication over time. You can test everything from a, uh, an issue message to just a, uh, a style. Uh, like a design element within your communication that maybe people like just the format or the the way a particular uh, uh, type of post or type of content looks or feels or type of audio that's different from one another and this is this is being done by campaigns everywhere from the presidential level to you know your state senate race but you have to be conscientious about the way you construct these experiments mm -hmm. otherwise you're run into what I, what I like to call spaghetti chucking and you're just <laughs> throwing spaghetti at the wall and waiting to see what I'd see what sticks yeah. <laughs> yeah we have a lot of that in the lean startup world not not to necessarily that so much but the idea of activity without necessarily knowing the outcome you're looking for what is it you're trying to actually learn by doing this by by running that's huge in campaigns there's yeah. there's a there's a an angst and anxiety that you want to create activity mm -hmm. but if it's not serving you and if it's it's not contributing to your growth then mm -hmm. Perhaps you should reevaluate and focus on something that may be less sexy, maybe less uh, laborious, but will actually produce more meaningful growth in the long term. Yeah, yeah, the impact that you need. So, how do you see this uh, mindset, then, this lean startup mindset, really helping candidates to resolve some of the obstacles that they face in their campaigns, whether it is raising money, whether it's outreach, whether it's visibility, whatever? How how have you seen this be successful for some of the people you've worked with? Well, I like to think that being more regimented mm -hmm. in the way we construct our uh, our campaigns and even within a, a, a particular campaign, whether it's an email campaign or it's a, uh, a social media advertising campaign mm -hmm. 
if we're more regimented in the way that we deploy or execute mm -hmm. and we optimize those tactics in a way that allow us to collect back some insights, then we will be doing our, ourselves a great service. Mm -hmm. And that's on both the consultant side and on the committee side. Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think that this can be applied to both the pro political professionals, mm -hmm. but also to the campaigns themselves. Mm -hmm. And similarly to the startup world, political campaigns, campaigners, political pros, we live in uncertainty that yeah. is, uh, is just a feature uh, mm -hmm. and, and a, um, a consequence mm -hmm. of <clears throat> our chosen path. Mm -hmm. We can never know who's going to show up on election day. Mm -hmm. All the predictive analytics and mm -hmm. the, the forecasting can only get you so far. Mm -hmm. At a, cer a certain point, you have to realize your, the limits of your own, your own strategies. Yeah. And by taking that sort of humble approach and Maybe we go in with some assumptions, mm -hmm. we test those, we try and validate our own, mm -hmm. our own strategies. Mm -hmm. We'd be better able to adapt, to pivot when necessary, yeah. and to identify those opportunities to be making greater gains. Well, Dante, you know, m most of the people that will listen to this webcast will not be working in on political campaigns, but still have the uh, ability to apply the lean startup methodology, the mindset, and to learn from this recording. So what would be the two or three things that you would want our listeners to take away from our conversation today? Well, uh, be kind to uh, your the campaigners that you <laughs> that you uh, are encounter on, on the on the trail because <laughs> they just like you are uh, trying to navigate a uh, choppy seas of a sea of uncertainty. Um, but in all, in all seriousness, uh, I believe that uh, the lean startup methodology and just taking an experimental, iterative approach. Uh, can benefit political campaigns, advocacy organizations, anyone looking to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what political campaigns are all about. We, we're here to try and win elections. And we do that because we hope that and the people that we elect can produce meaningful change mm -hmm. uh, one way or another in our political system and, and government once we elect these people. Mm -hmm. And just like a startup with a vision to change the way uh, people do any type of business, I believe that Lean Startup gives us an opportunity to change the way that people understand and approach politics. 
Well, Dante Vitali, <laughs> Vitaliano, thank you so much for your time today. I, I really enjoyed the opportunity to meet you and I hope there'll be another chance again in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you.